The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatra, joined by my good buddy Santino Cacone, here to break down this wonderful Wednesday, January 13th slate. We got eight games to talk about. Uh, it was 10 at one point, right, Santino? It was 10, uh, but that's uh, that's unfortunately the times that we're in. We are dealing with some COVID health protocols, a lot of people sitting, a lot of injuries as well. Uh, but nonetheless, Santino, how are you doing on this wonderful night? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, we had 10 to start. We're at 8. Could possibly be even 7 with this first game. I know the the Mavs are traveling currently, but they do have an outbreak themselves. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're, they're traveling, but um, you need at least 8 to play is the, is the rule. Most teams would love to have 9, um, preferably, at least. I'm sure they'd love to have their full bench, but... Uh, it is what it is. So they're traveling there. They're obviously going to be with a lot, of, a lot of their major pieces. We will jump into that. But before we jump into anything, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors, mybookie.ag. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who do you got? The Lakers, the Clippers, Rogers, Mahomes. Uh, maybe it was you know yesterday and you would have asked me. Uh, you know, whether it was Alabama or Ohio State, I would have probably told you Ohio State and it would have been a good thing you didn't listen to me. Uh, I just I just like to root against Alabama. Uh, but I tell them the more important thing is not what you bet, it is where you bet. Uh, that's what I tell people. And I bet with my bookie. Uh, my bookie's reputation is rock solid. and They have the best odds, contests, promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA related bets, my NFL related bets, uh, even my college football bets. They're the one sports book guaranteed to give me the best lines for the national championship football game. Uh, and I did get those. And on every NFL playoff game. So we have those coming up, guys. We have NBA going on every single day. Uh, these lines, you can take advantage of them if you jump on them early. Again, follow the news, follow the trends, follow the injuries. People are getting ruled out last second. Jump on those lines before they change. You know me. I don't give my stamp of approval very easily. Uh, you got to earn it. And the best way you can do it is with do what my bookie did. They're the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to your sports and you love the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. And then, guys, this one's personal. Check out Manscaped. Um, and it doesn't just be guys. We got, some, we got some lady listeners, and this would make an excellent gift for any of your significant others, or if maybe just for a friend. You know what? No gender. Use it for yourself. Check out the Weed Whacker, guys. The nose and ear and hair trimmer. They have the Lawnmower 3.0. Both these products, absolutely fantastic. The body wash. Uh, you guys name it. They can get the perfect package kit, and you get all of it added up. and comes to you at a little bit of a discounted price as well. Um, like I said, I've been loving the near the air. I can never say it. The ear and nose hair trimmer. Um, it's a premium weed whacker. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered at a three, 360 degree rotary dual blade system. It's intelligently contoured design, enhances the trimming experience, and it's waterproof, just like all of their products. 90 minute charge times on just about every single one of their products, and they're fast charging. Absolutely fantastic, guys. Check them out. Use that promo code HoopBall20. You get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped. That's HoopBall20 for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, Santino, that was a mouthful, but we're going to jump into this, my good friend. Dallas <laughs> versus Charlotte. <laughs> I got it out, right? Dallas versus Charlotte. Uh, as far as injuries go, you know, Charlotte's keeping it kind of calm. Just Cody Zeller out. Uh, all the way on the Dallas side, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson, all ruled out. And the surprise, surprise, Christoph Porzingis is probable. He was expected to play in that last one before it got canceled. As far as spreads and totals, uh, to be honest, I'm shocked they even gave us one. 221 game total. Dallas favored by five, despite being with like seven players plus Rick Carlisle, who might check in. So I'll pass it over to you, Santino. Uh, why don't you start us off with Dallas? Yeah, so you, for, for Dallas, you start and end per, almost, almost always with Luka Doncic. 10-8, uh, 10, he is the highest-priced guy on the slate. Interestingly, though, he's going to have his, his number one sidekick when Porzingis back. Um, outside of Donkick 
or Luca that um, is always in play because he's just his floor is just so safe. But I don't know who else I can trust really on this on this team. Uh, with Porzingis back, everybody in that front court that was already kind of jumbled, they're still going to be jumbled. Uh, I know Kleba's out and Powell's out, uh, Finney Smith's out. All most of them are out already. But I still don't know if I can trust James Johnson and, and Willie Cauley Stein. Are they going to have significant roles, or how how are they going to be playing with Porzingis? Uh, we haven't really seen that uh, in a while because Willie Cauley Stein was never really a part of the rotation for more than a handful of minutes last year, and James Johnson is new to the team. Um, outside of that, I mean, I, I guess I would take a slight look at Trey Burke because someone else has to score, and, and 4900 is not a bad price tag. But uh, Tim Hardaway is going to shoot too, and he's at 69, so I can't touch that. For me, it's Luca, and then if I need to, I'll, I'll try and look at Burke, but I, there's going to be better value on this slate. Yeah, I'm with you on Luca. I mean, bottom line, like the dude's usage and uh, you know points per minute status isn't high enough uh, as it is. Take away like seven options that would have been there rebounding the ball. Uh, Porzingis is back. We can't expect him to play more than 20 minutes, and I would even say that's probably high. Even with all this, you know, going on, they'll have eight players eligible. Um, but, you know, with Porzingis being one of the eight, if that's the case, they might have nine. If he's one of the eight, though, I would just say that those seven other guys are going to play even more minutes because I, I, I can't imagine in a world that they play Porzingis more than 20, uh, 20 minutes in his first game back from a meniscus surgery. So uh, with that being said, I don't mind looking at James Johnson, Willie Cauley-Stein. James Johnson, um, you know, a guy that I would love if Porzingis was out because he'd be locked into 30-plus minutes. Uh, he played significant minutes in that one game where we saw Kleber. We saw some of these other guys out. Played 26 minutes, put up 27 DK points, uh, 12-4-3, and a block and a steal. We know he's always good for def- some defensive stats, not the most offensive guy. Um, but they're going to run a little bit of a bigger front court with Charlotte, too. P.J. Washington and Bismack Biombo. So when we talk about, you know, no, no Dwight Powell, uh, no Kleber, no Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, pretty much who are they going to run at power forward if they go big? And it's going to have to end up being Porzingis alongside of Cauley Stein. P.J. Washington is only 6'7", though. I wouldn't call him a, a big front court. I don't know hey. if, I, if I'd go there. Well, you know, I, is he 6'7"? Yeah, he, he was technically a small forward before when they started last year. And then he just they just put him into the small ball forward. Why do I, why do I feel like he was 6'9"? So maybe you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I, I He's a long wingspan. Yeah. All right, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they could get away with some some Tim Hardaway Jr. You might have just talked me out of it, but I was honest with some James Johnson. And listen, I'm still probably not going to completely off of it just simply because Willie Qualley Stein's you know not that good at basketball to begin with. Um, and I I don't know. I I can still I think I can still get behind both these guys. I'm not I'm not completely off them. Obviously, Doncic is still the number one play. I don't think I'm going to chase necessarily with the Burke. He's going to get some usage. He's going to take some bench shots. That's going to happen. Went 11 to 13 in that last game. Um, do I want to chase it? Absolutely not. I think we're going to have some other options that are going to be on this slate that we could definitely look at. So he's there, but I'm still going to take a look at those at Willie Qualley Stein and James Johnson. And I just, with Porzingis being limited, one of these guys, if not both, are going to have to play um, 26 plus minutes. There's no way that they can't. Here what do you think about Charlotte, though? Yeah, uh, Charlotte is similar now. There's only three guys I'll look at and be safe with on a given night it's Gordon Hayward. Lamella Ball, even though he just keeps climbing and climbing, this kid, he, he looks like he's going to keep playing more minutes, back-to-back games of 30 minutes in a row. I can get behind that. Um, I would, I'm not going to play both of them. I would play one of them, depending on which position I'm targeting more. Uh, and then P.J. Washington's the third guy I can trust on this team. Outside of that, it's pretty hit or miss. I mean, Biombo might be in a, is in a pretty good matchup here, but he doesn't play in minutes into the 30s. It's It's... He kind of been topping out at upper 20s, if that. So I can't trust him either. Uh, I'll go back to the well with the same guys, Hayward, Ball, and P.J. Washington. I won't get tons of shares of them. This is a good matchup, and I'll specifically target one of those top guys. Um, I won't have both, like I said, but I'll have one of them. In, in, I'll, I'll have one of those guys in, in a lot of my lineups. I'm just looking at Ball, man. I mean, I don't mind Hayward. Uh, I just like Ball a little bit more for a 600 less in this matchup. It just it feels like it's going to be one of those Luka Ball triple doubles type games. Um, this dude is just, he's a stud I, for fantasy. For real life basketball, he's probably going to be a nuisance later on. Uh, but right now, he's getting it done, especially with rebounds, assists, all the peripheral stats. We're getting them on a nightly basis. So even when his shot's not falling, like we saw last game, 3 of 13, we still have that solid base floor. 
uh, which is incredible. That's what we're looking for. And then the upside's there. If the shot does fall, if he does triple-double, uh, it's going to be hard for him not to hit value at that. So with a you know pretty much a riddled Dallas team, regardless of the score, this dude, if it blows out, he's still going to play. He's the one guy I'm never worried about in that blowout scenario. So I, I do like LaMelo. He's probably the one guy I'm looking at. Terry Rozier is another guy that... You know, he's a good GPP play. I don't trust him as much in cash. He's either 25 or close to 40, and he's priced right in the middle of where he should be for that. So I don't mind looking at him in a GPP, but I prefer LaMelo. Uh, and that's probably it for me. I don't think I got to go anywhere else. We have some other games that we can look at. You ready to move on to the next one? Yep. All right. We got the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Detroit, take on the Pistons. As far as the injury report goes for Detroit, Killian Hayes. And uh, has been ruled out. Derrick Rose is probable for the Bucks. Torrey Craig Bobby is out, and Bobby Portis is probable. Uh, as far as a game total, we have a two thirty game total. Bucks favored by ten in this one. Pass it over to you, Santino. On this Bucks team, we got some juiciness. They played Detroit. It feels like six times already this season. <laughs> And there's, it's only been going for, uh, you know, three weeks. But, you know, here they are, third matchup of the season. What are you looking at? Yeah, so this is the third matchup within eight days or so. They played them twice last week. And uh, we had some hit or misses there. Giannis put up 61 and 41. We had a 40-point game from Drew. Not too much from Middleton. Very solid from Bobby Porras. We had a 40-point game in there. Uh, but they beat they beat the Pistons twice by double digits both times it was kind of competitive until it wasn't anymore Uh, so it's just very hard to trust these guys in knowing that it's not going to be a total competitive environment Uh, with that said Giannis is still doing the same exact thing where every other game he gets over 30 minutes and every other and, and followed by under 20 or under 30 last game he only got 27 so I think this is a 36 point or 36 minute game and that uh, possibly puts him in play, but I would just rather go back to to Luca, knowing that it's much safer there uh, for two hundred dollars more. Middleton and, and yeah. Holiday, I can't fully trust them because the blowout potential. But the one guy I, I can trust on this team is Bobby Portis, getting minutes in the mid to high twenties or low thirties in a blowout environment and a matchup that's good for him. I think he has a safe, relatively safe floor of hitting value. Bobby Portis has destroyed just butt teams all year. Uh, you know, what he did to 35 against Chicago, 40 against Detroit in their second matchup, 21 in the first one. But like you said, that was the one that was a little bit more contested. But uh, for the first few games, the Bucks were kind of sleeping. Don't forget about that. Uh, put up against 42 against Cleveland. So, yeah, in the teams he struggled against, Orlando, pretty solid defense. Utah, pretty solid defense. Uh, Miami, pretty solid defense. You know, so – not to mention, he dumped on Golden State, too, early on when they were trash as well. So, yeah, I'm with it. Bobby Portis in bad matchups is something I'm looking for. Um, anytime I think that Giannis or this game, you know, Giannis is going to be limited or this game could get to a blowout, that's when I want to look at Bobby Portis. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I prefer Luka over Giannis. I do like some Bobby Portis. I wouldn't mind, you know, taking a stab at a guy like DiVincenzo. He's just rock solid night in and night out. I don't love the price tag. Push comes to shove. Do I end up with any of them? Probably not, but... Uh, maybe you're doing like an early game slate or something like that, and you, you want to take a stab at somebody else. But that's it. So we'll move on to the Detroit side of the ball. Uh, I'll lead it off here, Santino. Uh, Derek Rose, probable. You know, Jeremy Grant has to be the guy to talk about. He's really the one guy that has just been the model of consistency for this team. It's banging. It feels like 40 uh, every single night. And it's pretty much regardless of score. Uh, you know, so it, at 7,900, I don't want to play him in this matchup. He's not a guy that I gravitate towards, but he's also a guy I can't rule out right now. So I'll lead off with Jeremy Grant. He's probably the one guy that I have some interest in, maybe a little Josh Jackson, 4,500. Uh, you know, struggled to get it going since that ankle injury. Still looks like he's being limited slightly. Uh, you know, past three games have been under 20 minutes, but I imagine his minutes start to creep back over 20 once he starts to get right. So it's kind of just trying to guess and hope that it's the right game. But what are you looking at for Detroit? Yeah, Grant is just the model of consistency right now. Outside of the first game of the season, he has yet to play under 34 minutes. So you know you're going to just, this guy's going to be on the court pretty much as much as possible. Uh, And then that first game he played 31 minutes, so it's not like he was ever under 30 or anything 
there. But uh, under you know you're getting at least 34 minutes from the guy. He's putting up 40 points on a consistent basis. Not huge upside after that, but I mean that's what you're you're paying for. If you're paying 7900, I expect at least 40. And uh, he's becoming one of the most safest players to hit you at least 5x value on every night, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but outside of him, yeah, I'm. I'm Looking at Josh Jackson, but I do want to check out the report on that uh, and see if he's getting back to rhythm because he has played single or in the minutes in the teens the last three games. It looks like Sadiq Bey is playing a lot more minutes than him at his, at his position. I want to see if that trend continues or if Jackson was just limited and, and, going, and trying to gut it out there or it's just the changing of the guard. Uh, so that's big news that I want to keep on. Uh, outside of them, I'll maybe take a stab at DeLone Wright just because he has back-to-back games with 30-plus minutes, and anytime he does that, He's pretty good, uh, and 5000 is not a bad price tag for him, knowing that he should be bringing back value if he gets 30-plus minutes like that. And without Killian Hayes there, um, he's really him and Rose are really the guys at point guard. I know they have Frank Jackson and, and um, Saban Lee, but they're really just end-of-bench guys that they play in a pinch if they have to. Oh, don't sleep on my boy Frankie Jackson, man. He's going to be creeping up in there eventually. Um, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if eventually he's Frank Jackson's playing 24 plus minutes. Book it. It's not going to be anytime soon, but it's going to happen. I'm, I'm feeling it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of with you on that same same sentiment. We'll move on to the next one. Brooklyn versus New York, the Battle of New York, the Battle of Burroughs. Let's go. So Brooklyn in this game uh, right now, game total is 218.5. Brooklyn being favored by five points. As far as injuries, Brooklyn has yet to release theirs. They are playing tonight. Uh, Kyrie Irving, though, we know is out, and it would be kind of shocking if Durant played on the second night of a back-to-back, um, you know, dealing with everything. Uh, you got something that we have to monitor, nonetheless. Uh, as far as New York is concerned, we do have theirs, though. Reggie Bullock is doubtful. Alec Burke still out, as long as as well as Frank Nidoklina and Obi Toppin. And Taj Gibson, he's available. Um, <laughs> he made it through this uh, health and safety protocol. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be tough. To Tim's favorite. Him. Hey, favorite, how do you feel? Tim's favorite player of all time is is ready to, ready to play again. So what happens now, dude? Mitchell Robinson and, and Julius Randle just get their minutes oh, chopped in half, so that really Tim was Taj a weird play thirty. It was crazy when they actually released him in the offseason Anyway, this is this is Tibbs' guy. I did not expect that to happen, but he immediately said, "Yeah, we need to bring him back. Oh, we yeah, need to yeah, get yeah, this yeah. guy back." He wasn't uh, sleeping. <laughs> get rid of that bad contract that they he was signed to originally, and bring him back on a team friendly. Some just a minimum value veteran contract. Oh, you know Tibbs is over his house every year for Thanksgiving. Uh, book it. He's there. He's at that yeah, table. They're best friends, and, and <laughs> Noah's always over there, probably too. He's coming in right behind him. He's just going to be on the coaching staff soon enough. But, but we'll start off with this Brooklyn team. Uh, Kevin Durant's coming in at ninety four hundred. I think if we know he's playing and he play a full workload, he'd be a fantastic play. But the major worry that we have with him is obvious that it's a back to back. Uh, he's playing well, and the you know tonight and the game's you know fairly intact, so uh, we have to monitor it. So if Durant, I, I'm kind of leaning more towards that Durant's going to be out. Santino, uh, where are you at with that? Yeah, I'm going to lean that he's probably going to be out for this, just because it is the second night of back to back. But same time, we've seen Kawhi play back to backs. We've seen Embiid play multiple back to backs. LeBron James has yet to rest, even though all the whispers were saying he was going to rest. So this season has proven to be very difficult to navigate to who's actually going to rest on the back-to-backs. And, and, but Durant did rest on the first back-to-back that they had. I would expect him to rest in this one. Uh, and if he does, we know right where it's going. Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, I love both their price tags. I know they, they already bumped Karis LeVert up to 8K in the preparation and in the anticipation that Durant is not going to play. Uh, and that still leaves a lot of room for upside when both those guys aren't there. And Joe Harris becomes the secondary guy for me if he's not playing. If Durant does play, until he's 10K, he's always going to be in play for me because he's like this. he didn't miss a beat. He has not missed one beat since that injury, so he'd be in play for me. And the two guys I just mentioned, uh, I don't like playing people against the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau likes to slow the pace down, just punch you in the mouth, play some hard-nosed defense, typical Tibbs style of play, so I don't want to get too much exposure on the Nets uh, if Durant plays. 
Yeah, no. Uh, Karis LeVert is still underpriced at 8K if Durant says. This is bottom line. Like you said, you 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 said it perfectly. The pace isn't what we want to see. Um, it's not perfect, but you know, LeVert could pretty much be looking at 35 to 50 anytime that he is the primary facilitator and the high usage guy on this team. Uh, Harris should be second fiddle, so 5,500. I don't mind him. Another guy I'm looking at is Jared Allen. I'm going to continue to play him. Uh, whether it's cash or GPP, he just feels rock solid and safe. He's been hitting that 30 mark every single game. And we know he has that 50 to 40 plus upside written all over him. So New York plays big. They have Randall. They have Mitchell Robinson. They take Noel off the bench. Uh, Taj Gibson is going to play 26 minutes most likely. Uh, no, that's that's kind of, kind of a joke. We, uh, I wouldn't rule it out with Tibbs, but I'm not going to bet on that. So don't play Taj Gibson in TFS, but... Uh, that's kind of my take with this. So I, I don't, I don't mind some Jared Allen. I don't mind the the other two main components on the offense. If you want to take a stab at a guy like Prince or Jeff Green or Cabrero, sure, those guys will see increased minutes. They will get usage. They will play a little bit. Uh, but it's really a dart throw between those three guys to sit here and tell you which guy is going to be the better one in this matchup. It's tough. Um, you know, none of them are going to probably take more than six to eight shots, and unless rebounds fall their way, it's really tough. If I had to bet on one, it would probably be TLC. But I don't feel great about. It. Any of the three. What about yeah. this New York side of the ball, though, Santino? So um, I jinxed Julius Randle. I'm glad I could do it. I'm sorry I did that to everybody. It's the only time I played Julius Randle all season was on that last slate. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he ate dirt. He did that. So hmm. it left a sour taste in my mouth. But we also got a $500 discount in what looks to be a fantastic matchup. I, I can't believe I might, I might be – uh, maybe I'm just like the anti-Julius Randle guy. So if I'm actually thinking about playing him, maybe that's a sign of something. I don't know. But nonetheless, I think he's definitely in play, I think, at 9,100. Um, it's hard not to like him at this match against Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I like him too. And I usually I don't play him often. Uh, when I do, it's like that commercial. I don't drink often, but when I do, I drink uh, – I forgot what it was. The most interesting man, oh. but – um, you gotta. You, if you better think of the name of the beer, I'm gonna give you until like maybe like at the end of the podcast. I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah, well, I'm not thinking that. about that right now. I'm trying to think about Julius Randle. And yes, I, I think 9100. This is a fantastic matchup for him. I'm gonna have my shares of him just because. But he's still Julius Randle. When I see other names, I I don't expect the triple double type of Julius Randle that we are getting this year, which is absolutely insane. Uh, but he's playing over his head, and this is a good matchup for him, especially if Durant does not play. Uh, he's going to have free reign. Outside of him, I, I like the Knicks. I like to play. Uh, there's some good guys on the Knicks. You mentioned Jared Allen. I like. To, I, I want him to go the opposite direction in this one. I like Mitchell Robinson better in this matchup. Uh, if at 5,800, I don't think Jared Allen's that good of a defender. Mitch Robinson fouls a lot too, but I think 5,800, he, he, that's a really good price tag for him. Uh, so I will definitely get some shares of him. Um Alfred Payton keeps screaming at me saying, play me, play me, but I just don't like him at that 6-6. Six, six. I think there's better options there. Uh, there's really – everybody else is kind of hit or miss, and there's uh, this team is deeper than you'd think just with all these names out there. Uh, but for me, I think it's it's the front court guys, and then um, everybody else is secondary. Yeah, I don't mind playing some Robinson. I think he's at a very good price tag. Him and uh, Jared Allen are like kind of like the Spider-Man meme. They're very similar guys, rebound, block guys. Dude, how many uh, times are you going to use this joke? <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it doesn't get old. As you, If you've been listening to these shows for a while, I use a lot of recycled material. Uh, and that's because we call those classics after a while. Uh, that, that, that's what it turns into. It, you know, it ends up being vintage. So that, that's what I'm going for over here, Santino. I'm sorry you don't understand you know, some good humor once in a while. It's funny, uh, though, when you say it, every, every podcast we're on, it's like, okay, I get it, <laughs> get it. You guys see the problem is I got to deal with them off air too. So it, you know, it, it, I ju- you just you just keep it moving. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Mitchell Robinson, fifty eight hundred, solid price tag. I don't think I'll play Payton at sixty six. He does have some upside. Obviously, we know that this dude can triple double. He he does it with the rebounds. He does it with the assists. He can do it with the steals. It's a good matchup and all. But um, I just don't think I'm going to go to him at, at that price tag. I'm with you. I'd rather see him at like that. You know, six one, six two. Then I could jump on board. Not playing Rivers at 53 either. Uh, just not loving the usage. He doesn't really do much outside of scoring on this team because Julius Randle soaks up everything else. So we'll keep it moving. Next game, Memphis traveling to Minnesota, take on the Timberwolves. 219 game total. Minnesota being favored by one point in this one. As far as injuries, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Jonte Porter, Killian Tilly, Justice Winslow all out for the Grizzlies. John Conchar is questionable. He's dealing with an ankle injury. For the Timberwolves, just a Koji, questionable. 
And Carl Anthony Towns is questionable. Um, you know, he sat out that last game, but it was also the second half of a back-to-back. But that's something worth monitoring. Um, you know, we all just kind of assumed that it was the second half of a back-to-back, but the fact that he's questionable on the injury report going in is definitely worth noting. So, Santino, I'll pass it over to you for this Memphis side of the ball. Break it down for me. And looking at this Memphis team, man, if John Morant was playing and Jaron Jackson at 73 and 68 in this type of matchup, dude, they'd be in every single lineup. That's just, wow. Um, Unfortunately, we will not be seeing them for another week or a couple more after that. Uh, But looking at this here, I love playing people against the the Wolves. It's just a fast-paced matchup, especially if Towns doesn't play. Then you're going to be playing against a just ragtag team of front-court guys. Towns isn't the greatest defender himself, but it's just below par uh, without Towns. But here we're looking similar people. Uh, Brandon Clark at 5,800. He's starting to play more. Uh, he's starting to – he played 30 minutes or pl- or more in the last three games. He hasn't been rebounding greatly or, or getting a ton of the, the stocks that he, we've come accustomed to last year and in college. Uh, but he's scoring the ball pretty efficiently. He's taken um, – Double-digit shots every pretty much every game. He's getting the start, so I like that. He's a guy that I'm going to look for in this matchup early and often. I think he's going to take advantage of whoever they start at power forward. Uh, no one really is his size. Wancho is too small for him. Vanderbilt is too small for him. Uh, maybe they try and throw Nas Reed. Whatever they try and do, I think Brandon Clark has the advantage there. And that's pretty much where I'm going here. I'll probably have a few shares of some of these guys, but I don't like how they're all in the 6K range because I think we have some better options out there. Uh, But D'Anthony Melton is a guy I continue to look at. He's not getting the minutes right now, but uh, if he can creep up to 25, 26 minutes, then we're cooking with gas with that guy because he can easily bring you back 25 points and get you value now, and that's within an 18 to 21-minute roll. Yeah, I don't know why this guy's not playing more. Um you know, I thought maybe eh, they're getting warmed up, this, this, and that. Uh, the fact they only played 18 minutes in that last game was a little, a little shocking for me. You know, it's been, it's been at least four games for him now. So, uh, if you're going to play him, he's clearly one of the best guards on the team. He's better than Tyus Jones. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He should be starting over Tyus Jones. But at the very least, you know, slide Bur- uh, Brooks up to the three, play him at the shooting guard. Whatever, however you want to do it, this guy should be playing more. I'm with you, though. It's going to be the front court for me. It's going to be Jonas Valanciunas. I don't mind looking at him at 6,900. Uh, the price is creeping down now under that 7K mark. So now I really can consider Jonas. The minutes haven't been there necessarily. But uh, talk about model consistency. We pretty much know what we're getting from him. Outside that one game at Brooklyn where he played 14 minutes, uh, we're getting pretty much a double-double, with a block or two here, a steal or two here, every single game, somewhere between 30 and 40 points. So I don't mind looking at Jonas, and I don't mind looking at Brandon Clark at 5,800 as well. Uh, like you said, I don't really know who's going to guard him. And the minutes, just he's playing well with them. Uh, that's the thing with Brandon Clark. If he's going to continue to play well, they're going to continue to give him minutes. But we'll slide over to this Minnesota side of things. Carl Anthony Towns, I'm kind of expecting him to play Santino. I don't know about you. Um, I am i don't think that he's necessarily questionable because it, it started getting sore after the game or anything. I just think he's questionable because he's still dealing with the injury. Uh, nonetheless, 9,800, I'll take a pass just knowing that he's dealing with the injury. He didn't look like he was he was really bothered by it necessarily in that last one. He still shot 9-17, put up 54 DK points. Uh, but we talked about Luca. We talked about some other high-priced guys. He's still a fantastic option. Just don't know if I will have any shares of him. But I'll pass it over to you for some of these other guys. Why don't you break down Minnesota? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you in Towns. Obviously one of the best players in the league, just not too sure. I think he. it seemed to me that he came back quicker than I thought he would have came back with the wrist injury, same wrist injury that he, same wrist that he hurt last year and missed a significant amount of time. And then we went into the offseason and he just wasn't healthy anyway. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, outside of him, it depends if he plays or not, honestly. If he plays, he's going to get funneled a lot of usage, a lot of the usage that I like, uh, a guy like, Malik Beasley, who's still in play for me a little bit. Uh, D'Angelo Russell at 81, I can't con- I can't go to him if uh, Towns is playing. But if he's not playing, I know he's still going to get the main shots and he'll have more usage just, just there. He'll be able to uh, control the offense a little bit more. Um, but I guess Towns not playing would just the people that I gravitate towards to more. I mean, Beasley to me is in play for the most part uh, regardless, but... If Towns is not playing, then you can look at the guys like Wancho and Vanderbilt. Um, not necessarily Nas Reed, 
even though now he's creeping down to 5K. But I think uh, Vanderbilt kind of took his thunder with that. And for $800 cheaper, I'd, I'd lean over there. Uh, but this team is good. It's just there's so many bodies here. Everybody's pitching in a little bit. Um, and they need they usually need Towns. And Towns eats first, second, and third on this team. Yeah, I mean, outside of Towns, uh, before he got hurt, Vanderbilt's been the best man in the front court on this team. Uh, he should he should have more of a role going forward. Nas Reed, he's not in play for me just because even if he does get the minutes, he's going to get into foul trouble and, and get those minutes yanked away very, very quickly. Uh, I'm with you. If Towns is out, Russell's in play, Bees is in play, both those guys, I don't think I would go to – I don't think they're bad plays. I think they're actually pretty good plays. I just don't like the price tag on Beasley at 6700 I'd like it to be a little bit cheaper. I liked him when he was in that 6-1, 6-2 range. Russell, 81 I think that's priced appropriately. Um, you know, if, if Towns is out, it's maybe a little underpriced. But even then, he should probably be in the high sevens range uh, more often than not because he is a little bit volatile. Uh, not the safest guy for cash, I would say. That's it. I don't mind if you wanted to go to guys like Hernan Gomez. Vanderbilt's a little bit of a question mark. If we hear that Towns is out and if he's inside in the starting lineup, whatever it may be, you can play him, but uh, otherwise, he's a guy that I like to target, kind of like in a Bobby Portis scenario when I think it's going to be a blowout, and then he might end up getting some more minutes or something like that. But until we hear something in the news that he's going to be playing more, he's, he's getting him extra minutes, he's in the starting lineup, he's really hard to trust uh, in, in like a 15 to 16 minute role for me, at the very least. But so that's it. Not, you know, as much as I like this, this matchup, you, I want to have more in it, Sonny. I, I really do. But I just don't love the price tags of a lot of these guys. I just don't love a lot of their spots. The usage is in weird weird spots. So mm-hmm. I just don't see myself having a whole lot of shares in this. Maybe one or two. But that's probably it for me. What about this Laker game, though? We're going to move on to it. So this is your team, man. So I'm expecting some good stuff on you. Maybe you have some insight because I'm bugged out right now. Uh, this is probably... One of the first times I've ever signed on to DraftKings, you know, I've clicked on the, the game. I'm looking at the Lakers, and I don't see a questionable tag next to LeBron or Davis. <laughs> I'm assuming that's just because they played tonight. They'll probably they'll probably put them right back tomorrow. Oh, 100%. They played tonight, so their injury report is not updated. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll end up getting those two tags next to them. We're not out of the clear yet. So obviously there is no game total or spread for this game yet. It is going on right now for the Lakers, so they're not going to release anything on that. I, I guess it's going. It's, it's a blowout. So Yeah. Whatever, if you want to call that going on. It's going on. It's, it's Something's <laughs> happening. Yeah, people are watching it, maybe somewhat still. Uh, but nonetheless, there's no injury report re- uh, released for either team because – with, they played uh, the wonderful Thunder. Uh, the Thunder played tonight as well. So we'll start off with this Lakers team. Pass it over to you, Santino. This is your squad. First time, I think, in a while that we've seen both you know, LeBron and Davis, like I said, without questionable tags for now. But they're both under 10K. You know, Davis at 9K, too. It feels like we're getting good price tags. Yeah, and we are getting good price tags. And honestly, if you're expecting, it's very hard for me to play them. The upside is just not there right now. Even at 96 and 9K, the upside to get 60 points or plus it, when you play a guy like this, uh, a high-priced guy, what you're hoping for, it's just not there. Uh, but comparatively with other 9K guys, uh, I mean, they're they're safe for 40, but you're if you're expecting a pop-off comparatively to that, then uh, I don't I think you're barking up the wrong tree right now. But eventually these guys are going to continue to get priced down ever so slightly and then they're going to take off. Uh, right now, they're still the best team in the league, and they're kind of coasting. They're, they're playing around 31 minutes, if that, uh, and, and they're just dominating teams. And I expect another repeat performance against this Thunder team, who on the second half of the back-to-back, back-to-back, um, maybe Al Horford doesn't play, maybe George Hill doesn't play like they said they probably would try to, and whether this game is on TV or not, there is ways around it. You could just say, ooh, I woke up and my uh, my groin wasn't feeling good. Groin, And you don't have to put them at rest. Maybe maybe that's something that's real. It's not something that could definitely keep them out of the game, but it's something that doesn't get them fined. Uh, so for me, I, I just can't go with LeBron and AD in this game knowing that this could turn into a blowout. Um, with that said, Montrezl Harrell, 5,600, not a bad play for me. They did just bump Kyle Kuzma back up a little bit. Um, but maybe this is a Taylor Horton Tucker type of game at 4K. I don't mind that, but it's just not the safest environment here. They're kind of like the Suns, where everybody's priced appropriately. Um, 
and they're just they're just crushing teams right now. Yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked if we do see, and I, I'm almost fully anticipating that one of LeBron or Davis sits. Um, I, I just, you know, that's why they've been giving these guys the questionable tags all year long, is so when these back to back show up, uh, they could sit them on the second half if they want to and not get fined. Um, you know, like you said, oh, we woke up and it was sore today. I mean, what do you mean? The guy's been questionable all season long with an ankle injury. So I wouldn't be shocked if we do see one of these guys sit. And if that's the case, between Kuzma, Harrell, and Chiroda, they all become fantastic plays, uh, as well as the other being, you know, if Davis sits, LeBron's a good play. If LeBron sits, Davis is a good play. So, But mostly I'm on those. Those are the only guys I'm looking at. I don't mind Taylor Horton Tucker if you want to take a stab at him at 4K. Wesley Matthews did sit out tonight. He'll probably, uh, you know, he might. I, w- I would anticipate he sits out the second half of the back-to-back. He's dealing with the Achilles soreness. Uh, a guy that had once tore his Achilles. Keep that in mind. Jared Dudley, another guy that sat out. But why are we why are we talking about Jared Dudley? Uh, still, I got to give that guy credit. He just happens to mooch. He just latched on. He's just one of those veteran guys in the locker room that coaches up the young guys and gets rings for it. So kudos to him taking the Udonis Haslam approach. Um, but that's it, man. I don't hmm. I don't know. That's that's all I got. I'm not playing Gasol. I'm not playing Pope I, or none of those other guys. I don't think LeBron sits. Uh, I, I'm in the camp that LeBron's not going to miss well, many, it's been Davis. if any It's teams. been Davis that's been sitting, I think. on uh, When we ever see one of these guys sit, it's Davis. See, so. I could see Davis sitting, but Braun is, is cut from a different cloth, man. He's he's not going to sit unless he's in hurt or it's late in the season where uh, they already locked up the number one seed. I just I know that was the whole storyline in the offseason. People are saying, oh, he's going to take it. He's taking it slow. But he's not going to miss games. That's just not what he does, unless he's unless he's hurt. Yeah, and you might be right. Uh, you very well might be right. And if it is Davis that sits, Markeith Morris would also come into play at thirty three hundred. Uh, Frank Vogel has talked about Markeith Morris several times to the media and kind of mentioned that this guy's been fantastic and he's going to try to look for spots to get him more minutes. It's kind of why we saw him in that last game starting instead of Kuzma. Uh, he said Markeith has kind of earned some more minutes, so he wanted to get him mm-hmm. out there. So don't be shocked if we see Davis sit. Uh, if he's inserted back into that starting lineup or at least playing 20-plus minutes in that matchup. But uh, another guy that we'll mention, I guess, real quick before we bounce over to OKC. So OKC, Santino, Shai Gilgis, Alexander, SGA. This dude's been balling out. Uh, you know, outside of tonight, uh, I haven't completely checked and seen what's been going on in that game. You're saying, uh, you know, um, I think he was doing good. I could have been mistaken. He was having a solid game. I saw him at halftime. But nonetheless, outside of tonight, whatever's going on tonight, we're recording this the night before, three straight games of 50-plus DK points, playing at least 34 minutes in all those games, high volume, high usage. Um, and he's getting it done, man. He's looking like the guy that we thought he was going to be coming into the air, and now we're feeling like he's also at a fair price tag. Uh, 7,700, he's got to be the guy that we have to lead with. What do you think about him? So, yeah, tonight he had 20 points, nine boards, and just two assists. Uh, he was getting the Murray factor on the Spurs side. So that's the only thing that gave me slight pause with him. But, yeah, this is a, a little bit better of matchup. The Lakers are still really good at guarding against the point guard. They were last year. They lost Rondo. They got Schroeder, who's, as LeBron likes to call him, a dog. Uh, so I don't think it's a fantastic matchup for him. But the possibility that the Lakers just start blowing him out uh, – SGA is still going to play. He's still going to get his minutes, whether it's a blowout or not. And especially if it's a blowout, they're going to the Lakers are going to relax on or play a little more relaxed defense and have their backups in. So I don't hate him here. And at seventy-seven, you got a slight discount on him from the other game or last game when he was just eight K. Name is past eight K. So I'll give him a look, but he won't fully be locked into all of my lineups here. Honestly, outside of him, it's similar situation because it might be. A blowout territory uh, but I want to check the the um, injury report first because this is the second night of a back-to-back if they're doing what they didn't actually officially say that they're going to rest Horford and George Hill every back-to-back but it was kind of um, something that was heavily speculated after they missed that first back-to-back and they are veterans and they're probably going to try and trade them for something at the trade deadline if they can uh, so if, in that scenario if Horford sits then you you would um plug in either Isaiah Roby or Mike Muscala. I think Isaiah Roby has more upside here, and they're pretty much the same price, but that's where I would go. And if George Hill sits, you're probably going to plug right in uh, Diallo at the shooting guard spot, and he gets more of a boost there with the extra minutes too. Um, You'll see Justin Jackson get more minutes, but he's not someone I would play. It would probably funnel to those two guys that I just mentioned who would slot into the starter role and get a minimum of about 10 extra minutes, which is huge to get 
on a cheaper valued guy. So there's, that's where I'd be looking at outside of SGA. Yeah, I love the Roby call. That's the guy I'd immediately go towards, and I'd imagine he'd be pretty chalky if we get the news early enough that Horford's out. Uh, we, we've already seen this guy. He's a great poor per minute guy. He plays very well when he gets when he's given minutes. He only needs 24, not even. Give him 19, 20, and he'll get us where we need to at his price tag. So I'll be all over him if we see that Horford's out. Um, with Hill, yeah, I, I do think Diallo would obviously get a massive boost. I don't love the price tag at 5,100. I don't hate it. Um uh, you know, I'm very in between on it right now. I don't know how I quite quite feel about it. I'm probably gonna have to wait for them to see how that one boils down. It might come down to construction. Do like that he's small forward eligible, so that helps. And then outside of that, Baisley's always a tournament guy I look at. He's very hot and cold. You're either getting eighteen to twenty or you're getting like thirty five to forty. And nonetheless, he's fifty nine hundred. That gives us a little cushion. Not the best matchup for him. Nonetheless, well, it, it uh, could be. It could be a decent matchup if A D doesn't play. If A D plays, even a, a Sixty percent trying AD. Yeah, um, it's not I, great. <laughs> I don't want. Like, not, I don't want them. No, exactly. It's not great. Um, but I just I get tantalized with that price tag because he's a guy that you know we wouldn't be shocked if at one point he's priced at around seven k because he could string together three to four thirty five to forty point games DK point games in a row. So he has that sort of upside. So I'm definitely going to keep in my pool as far as GPPs. Definitely not safe as far as cash, but. That's it for me for OKC. Don't mind a little SGA. I know you say that the Lakers are very good against point guards. I'm not saying you say like it's not true. They are. But I uh, I found some success targeting point guards against the Lakers for some time. Uh, and that was with uh, with last year being Rondo and them. And I don't think they necessarily upgraded uh, with Schroeder on the defensive end. Uh, Schroeder is, I guess, a dog. Don't get me wrong. He, he could be one of those guys that's kind of like a, you know, a fly on you. But um I'm not necessarily scared off either. I, like you said, SGA should still play some decent minutes. So it's SGA. It's a little bit of Baisley in tournaments. Still a little skeptical on Diallo. And then I'll play some uh, some Roby if we hear that Horford is out. But we'll move on to the next game. Atlanta traveling to Phoenix. Take on the Suns. For the injury report, Atlanta Bogdanovich, Chris Dunn, Gallinari, all ruled out. Clint Capella is being considered questionable. And Onyeka Ukangwu is probable. So we have that little upgrade and eat that brand. Practiced that one a few times before we started this. Call me out last show. Um, And then, oh, yeah, sorry. Rondo is also questionable. And as far as the game total is concerned, we have a 230 game total. It is one of the higher ones on the slate. Tied for uh, second highest at the moment with Detroit-Milwaukee. Next highest will be in the next game. And Phoenix is being favored by five and a half points in this one. So Phoenix coming off of a game where they just got smoked by the Wizards. Um, you know, we called blowout, man, but we didn't think it was going to be on that end. Uh, when we saw that, you know, Westbrook was sitting, Thomas Bryant injury, yeah, this one's going to be a wrap. Phoenix has been playing great, great defense. They're going to steamroll, but it didn't happen. Uh, they got steamrolled. So I'll pass it over to you to Atlanta. Do they keep the steamroll going or do they, uh, do they kind of crumble against this Phoenix Suns team? Um, I think it's going to be a decent game, but Clint, Clint Capella news is is pretty big here. Is he in a play or is he not going to play? That's something that I'm going to be keen on because if he doesn't play, that changes up a lot of things. Maybe we see uh, Okungwu get some minutes right out of the gate. Maybe we we probably see John Collins drop to the four, Hunter drop to I mean Collins drop to the five, Hunter drop to the four, play both Reddish and Huerter for a lot of minutes. Uh, more of Solomon Hill. So that's going to be pretty big, knowing that Gallo and Bogdanovich, Rondo, Chris Dunn, all these guys that they grabbed on the offseason are not available, especially if Capella doesn't play. Um, but if he does play, it trying to change his things. I don't know what to make of Trey Young right now. Uh, after hearing of, of that fight with John Collins, he just hasn't been as assertive. He shot 19 the last 19 times the last two games, but he hasn't made one a couple. Um, I, I saw a stat on him that he's shooting about 26% on open threes. That's definitely he's due for some very positive um, progression there. But uh, this is not a great matchup in general against this Suns team that is one of the top five defensive rating team rated teams in the league and plays at the low slowest. Uh, bottom three in, in pace. So they just slow it down and play really good defense. Uh, so I'm not actively going to target anybody on this, on, on this um, Hawks team. Uh, if Capella misses, maybe I'll, I'll jump in and grab some value there. But if he plays, I don't, I don't like anybody in this matchup. Same thing on the other side. 
All right. Well, that that's pretty simple. So I'll just run through it very quickly. Uh, I don't mind looking at Trey Young, like you said. I don't love the love the matchup, uh, but I do love the price at eighty nine hundred. The fact that this dude's under nine k. He only played twenty five minutes at that last one, but the game got out of hand pretty quickly. Uh, put up forty five uh, DK points in only twenty five minutes. He's still dealing with a little bit of wrist injury. Last Saturday, uh, he did not take uh, part in contact practice. It was non contact for him played the next game so it's definitely still bothering him slightly it's definitely worth monitoring it's not the best matchup but that's still a fantastic price tag for him uh collins i was all over him in that last game i was expecting big things i got burned pretty heavily on him i had him in about 50 percent of my lineups i was so overweight on him uh game got out of hand i expected it to be a little bit closer given the fact that you know like i said uh atlanta was dealing with their own injuries um including trey young but Nonetheless, he's due to break out in one of these games. Is it going to be this one? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I like the price tag. I'm just not going to go back to the well in this one. It wouldn't shock me if he goes buck wild, though. Uh, other than that, it, it might be a little cam. It might be a little uh, weirder, uh, especially if Capello gets ruled out. I think exactly what you said would happen. We'd see Hunter at the four. So I wouldn't mind looking at one of those wing guys. Uh, both these guys are going to have to step up. Bogdanovich now out for at least uh, a month or two with that fractured knee. So. Both these guys have some decent upside, but they're both kind of priced appropriately. I'd probably lean more reddish just because he's better defensively, uh, and he might find himself on the court uh, come time, uh, crunch time minutes. So I uh, got your take on the Phoenix side. You said you're pretty much not playing anybody, which I can't blame you. It's uh, the Phoenix. same thing every time. I think they're very priced accordingly. They play team basketball. They slow the pace down, and they play good, really good defense for the – I mean, except for that last game. Uh, so – it's just I'm not too huge on anybody here. Um, campaign, maybe if he misses, it, you can look towards uh, Carter, but uh, that's just pushing it. Yeah, and I, I like Carter. I actually think you know Carter's actually a guy. I don't like him in this slate. I just like him as a player. That's what I was getting at. Uh, he can play both point and shooting guard for him. So he's a guy that they originally had as the backup shooting guard. That's you know why campaign kind of the first crack, and he was playing really well this season because he's playing primarily backup point guard. Uh, so I do think that, you know, in a blowout type scenario, he'd be a guy that would probably play 23, 24 minutes. But you're right. These guys are priced accordingly. They slow the pace. You know, it's tantalizing. We want to play a bunch of guys going against Atlanta because, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, something that we're used great. to. That's what we're used to. We're used to doing it. Uh, and you think of the players. Okay, Chris Paul. He's not a guy that's, you know, going to sit there and, you know, take advantage of the matchup. He's he's going to facilitate like he does. He's going to have maybe 10, 11 shot attempts. He'll get his double-digit assists. He'll take home, you know, 35, 40 DK points. We'll be happy with that. At 7,200, that's fine. I don't I don't mind it for cash. I don't think he's a terrible tournament play, but I just don't think I'll end up landing on him. Aiton, uh, he looks like a slug, bottom line. Uh, this dude does not look like he is the first overall pick. I'm not saying he's a bust. He's just solid. He's not, you know, a spectacle. Uh, he's not I even the... He's, he's playing his spot fine. Uh, he's grabbing down rebounds at a very high clip one of the highest in the league he's just not getting the the shot attempts that you would expect from him uh this team's just spreading out the ball spreading out the shot attempts and he's taking what i believe in the last four games he only has two double digit shot attempts and they were both at 10 so i mean his highest shots on the year are 13 he's just not getting the usage that you'd expect yeah that's that's a fair point uh you can't argue with that um you know this is also a guy that he kind of like what I'm saying, sluggish. I mean, defensively, uh, he has very, very slow feet. This guy's drawn five fouls on him in four games already this season, and it's only been three weeks. Uh, and not saying he's necessarily a guy that's going to get into foul trouble every single game, but he, he, there's definitely something that he's lacking. That being said, the team's playing great defensive all, all around, and I think a lot of it has to do with you know Macal Bridges, Jay Crowder. These guys being multi-position eligible for them, being able to just slot these guys anywhere, throw them on multiple defenders. These guys have been lights out for him. Um, there was rumblings that there might be a change to the starting lineup. So that's worth noting. And if there's one person that is going to get removed, it would probably be Jay Crowder. And if I had to imagine who that's for, it would probably be Dario Sark or Cam Johnson. So keep an eye on those two guys. If we do hear that one of those guys are inserted in the starting lineup, it might be Sark in this lineup. Uh, if Capella and Collins are both playing and they're going big, uh, I think we can take a look at those two guys. So that's pretty much all I'm looking at. I'm going to kind of monitor that that news and see if that does actually, in fact, happen. And if it does, I'll take advantage of it with one of those two guys. Move on, though. Two games left. Before we jump into these final two games, quick shout-out. Stop what you're doing. Pause the show. We have an announcement. It's a fun one. And it's free stuff. 
and everybody loves free stuff. Now you're probably asking yourself, what's the stuff? It's the Bruise Letter. It's back. It's fresh, and it's for the 2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It is not on the podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up for it for free if you go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in just 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. You get Aaron Bruski straight into your inbox. And while you're at it, guys, go check out the Fantasy Pass. This thing is absolutely fantastic. You guys probably already took advantage. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't gotten the Bruski, uh, you know, the preseason special over there, the Bruski 130 uh, or 150, you missed out. But nonetheless, the Fancy Pass helps you out for all season long goodness. You can sign up. It is the best deal in the industry. Uh, and when you get the entire Fancy Pass, you don't just get the season long stuff. You get a little action to DFS. You get a little action into wager. You can lump it all in. And what you're asking, what you're wondering, what does that include? Uh, yes, the podcasts are free, but we do so much more behind the podcast. We have a Discord. We have daily articles coming out uh, for each and every little division, whether it's wagering, uh, DFS, and for the season-long stuff. And we have more stuff in the works and coming. So go check out that Fancy Pass, guys. Go to hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fancy Pass just below the main media wall and check it out. It is worth it. I promise you. It will elevate your game to the next level. So... We have two games left. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to L.A. to take on the Clippers. This one coming in 221. Game total. Clippers favored by six and a half points. As far as injuries, Zubak is questionable for this one. And for the Pelicans, Lonzo Ball has already been ruled out. Eric Wood, so is questionable. Dealing with eye irritation. And J.J. Redick is probable. So we'll start with the Pelicans, the away team. Santino, take it over. Yeah, so obviously when you start with the away team, we, we see Lonzo Ball not playing. Yeah, that's the knee injury is is kind of big. And what if Eric Bledsoe doesn't play as well? Uh, if if Eric Bledsoe plays, pretty solid matchup at fifty eight hundred without Lonzo Ball, he's going to be the primary facilitator, um, and or him and Brandon Ingram. But if neither of them play, that whole backcourt changes. Uh, JJ Redick's also questionable, so you might have a starting backcourt of uh, Noah, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and and Josh Hart. And both of those guys would come into play with me. Uh, 3,100 for Naw and 5,400 for Hart. Uh, you know that they get extra minutes without those two guys. So that's, uh, or without Bledsoe and even Redick. So Bledsoe's news is going to be big for me. Uh, I, unfortunately, it's at 10 o'clock, but I think we might have some word on there earlier in the day. Uh, if Bledsoe plays, I, I like him in that matchup, in the matchup for 5,800. Outside of him, Brandon Ingram has been playing great at 8,500, though, uh, knowing that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are probably going to be stuck on him like glue, and even Marcus Morris sometimes, uh, maybe some Batum. Um, those last two, the last guy, not as much, but the first two, definitely. I don't want to play too much Brandon Ingram. I'm probably not going to have any shares of him, uh, but I will have some shares of Zion Williamson because I just mentioned a couple people. Marcus Morris is probably the best defender that they have for him because he just is physical and he likes to fight people. But Nick Batum, who is currently starting at power forward is too small for this guy. Uh, and I just expect Zion to start bullying his way to the the paint. Uh, even though they have Serge Ibaka there, if Steven Adams plays, they're going to be fighting each other. Uh, so I'd like some Zion in this one. I'm just, I'm just imagining everyone's fighting and Zion, just like <laughs> that guy that's like taking the prize and just leaving while everyone else is fighting in the background. No, uh, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on Zion. Uh, Seventy three hundred is a fantastic price tag. Marky Marcus Morris, you know, he just got fined thirty five grand. It's not cool when you just pick on the dude that's like twenty years old. Like, what does he get out of bullying Zion? He gets nothing. Uh, there's no respect for him in that. When he when he tried to fight, uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up the Morris brothers. Markeith is the one that fought Cousins. I apologize. No, Marcus might just take a oh, swing. Markeith, Who knows? Cousins deserved that. He got he pushed him in the back. Oh, that was that was like a light Cousins bump though. That was yeah, like you don't push someone does, in the back. You don't push a Morris brother in the back. If Cousins does that to you though, you're just like all right. You know man, the twins buddy. are always I, ready. I, to I fight, appreciate it. that's you know, all you, you did. You know the twins are always ready to fight. You know you don't do that to them. 
Yeah, I'm surprised the other one just had come flying out of like the locker room, <laughs> uh, you know, like the secret clipper, the clipper uh, hiding the hiding door that leads to the other side. The what's that? The Chris Paul locker room door. It's funny if you got the joke out, but now now I'm, yeah, I'm past yeah. it. Let's move on. Right. <laughs> brutal. All right, so Zion's seventy three hundred. He's in play definitely. Uh, the matchup as a game script isn't fantastic. I'm surprised it's actually only a six and a half spread. Dong Lonzo's ruled out, and Bledsoe's questionable. It makes me feel like Bledsoe's going to play. Hopefully, the eye irritation doesn't bother him. Because uh, I'm with it. Uh, if Bledsoe is is playing with Lonzo out, he's definitely a player at 5,800. So him and Zion definitely plays for me. Uh, Nall would come and play, and I think it would make a lot more sense despite game script. If it gets out of hand, he's playing. Uh, if it stays in, intact and we don't have any Lonzo, he's probably playing anywhere between 18 and 20. No Lonzo or, or Bledsoe, he's probably playing somewhere closer to you know 24 to 25. And Hart should see significant minutes in this one. Hart's actually a guy that I do like in this matchup. Uh, regardless of blowout, regardless of who plays and who doesn't play, he has a significant role. It's decent enough where I can actually see him getting some pretty decent rebound upside in this one. Uh, feels like one of those long rebound types of games, but that's all That's all I'm pretty much looking at. So when it comes down to it, it's going to be mostly uh, a little bit of Zion, some Bledsoe if we hear that uh, he is playing, and then I don't mind taking a shot at Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well as you do. So... What about this Clippers side of the ball? Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, two top dogs, 97-93. We talked about a few guys already, you know, between Towns, between Luka. Uh, do you find yourself playing either one of these guys? Um, on this type of slate, not as much. There's there's so much value there, and the people I like uh, that I know in better matchups that I'm probably going to gravitate towards. Not saying that, obviously, these guys, these guys are playing fantastic, but I'm probably going to gravitate towards other guys here. Uh Similar price tags. The the Pelicans just, they're not the same Pelicans that you, they were under Alvin Gentry. Uh, they play a lot slower. They play more half-court offense when they can. And it makes sense because they don't have, they have Zion. And they want to slow it down for him. And, and they have Zion and Steven Adams playing there. Uh, they just want to bang down low and, um, and, and beat people up if they can. So I don't see them running too, too much, especially without Lonzo there and possibly without Bledsoe. They're going to want to slow the pace down even more. Those are the the two guys that get the ball and then uh, get get out in the open court and, and run with it. So I uh, I don't expect a super fast paced game here. Um, and with that said, I, I'm not going to look too much at Leonard and George. Um, I really don't want too many people. If I'm not playing Leonard and George, I'm probably not going to play anybody on this team. And that makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, I think that this team is very well balanced outside of the two studs. If I was to play one of them, I feel like I always get this wrong between Leonard and George, but I'm gravitating more towards George as of late. Um, you know, 9,300 feels like a fair price tag for a guy that's usually between 40 and 50. With Leonard, we see a couple of those 30s sprinkled in here and there. We know that they both have 60 plus upside. Uh, George has been playing absolutely phenomenal. People have kind of shut up on Twitter about the uh, the whole playoff pandemic thing. P. And, <laughs> yeah, pandemic P and. You know, this, this, and that. They kind of those those guys that were saying it kind of shut their mouth uh, because he he looks good. Uh, he's coming back with a vengeance, nonetheless. So I, I don't mind some Paul George. If I were to play anybody, he'd be the guy. And I am ready to move on to the final game: Portland versus Sacramento. This game coming in at a whopping high of the night, two thirty-six and a half game total. Portland being favored by four. Uh, this one's going to be a uh, a plentiful game for fantasy. As far as the injury report is concerned, Yusuf Nurkic is questionable. Dealing with that left quad contusion, something we're going to have to monitor. Damian Lillard probable. Zach Collins out. And Kelgen Blevins has been ruled as well. For the Kings, Buddy Heald and Rashawn Holmes probable. Daquan Jeffries is out. We'll start with the away team, Portland. CJ McCollum, man. Uh, this guy, the people are asking him what was in the wine. Uh, you know, what, what has he been doing? Uh, he just says it's hard work. It's work ethic, man. That's what he does. But nonetheless, this dude's putting together the best season of his career. He's absolutely on fire. Uh, I don't love that price tag. He's kind of like that a Julius Randle to me where I've been under under the field on him all season long. And on those nights, more often than not, I've paid the price. Uh, shooting guard, though, going against the Kings. I say it all the time. I got to have a little interest in him. How about you? Yeah, I think. Both of the backcourt guys are in play. This is easily the uh, highest point spread of the night, even when we get the new ones. 236 and a half. This is a, they're, they're going to be shooting. And without Joseph Nurkic there, uh, the, some of that usage is going to just go straight to the backcourt guys. 
Uh, so I, I'm going to have some of my shares of each of them, depending on how much I have left in in my bank uh, to pay to pay up for Lillard or go McCollum. I just like I like both of them in this matchup, and we just mentioned the Clippers. I, I'd rather play both these guys, both the um, Blazers guys and the Clippers guys. Uh, but outside of that, if Nurkic's not going to play, I'm going straight down to 4,800 Enos Cantor. I mean, the guy's playing out of his great right now, out of his mind. And then if he's going to get starters minutes, probably in the 30s, he's looking like he did last time Nurkic got hurt and he went. He was playing on Portland. He's playing fantastic. So he's definitely in play for me if there's no Nurkic, and I don't think there will be Nurkic. And then maybe if I want to really dig down deep, if you don't think Cantor's up for 30 minutes a game, they keep him in his mid-20s type role. Harry Giles at 3K playing against oh, his former yeah. team. Uh, that's <laughs> another guy that I'll take a look at here if I'm bargain bidding, hunting. Um and again, playing against his former team, uh, I like that matchup. And last time in the preseason they played against his former team, he did not hold back at all. Uh, and he went off. And something about Harry Giles that I think is hilarious, I don't know why, but every time I click on his name in DraftKings, his pitcher looks like it was drawn in with crayons. Uh, I don't know what the thing is, but it looks different than everybody else's. All right. And I, I got to correct. It's Giles, my good friend, Harry Giles. Uh, you know, you used to watch baseball. Ken Giles, remember him? Same same spelling. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I like him. I think that this is a great spot to target the guy at 3K. You're looking at him. Uh, minimum salary. If there's no Nurkic, he's probably going to be looking at at least 18 to 20 minutes. Uh, could be even more. I don't think that they just throw the whole, you know, the whole kit and caboodle at Canner. So I do think that you know Giles would definitely be in play. I do like McCollum more than George. I just mentioned both those guys. I'm you know I'm thinking about it more, toss back and forth. I'd probably rather play McCollum. I don't love that price tag. I might regret saying it, but I think just with a little bit of the, the you know the discount of seven hundred dollars and it's a shooting guard to go into the Kings, the hotness that this guy's been rolling with, uh, he's probably the guy I prefer um, over Lillard as well. And then, like we said, if, you know, Canner, he's definitely an option at 4,800. The dude's been a great point per minute. This just feels like it could be uh, one of those 14, 15, 16 rebound games for Canner if there's no Nurkic. So those are the three guys I'm really looking at. It's McCollum, it's Canner. It's going to be a little bit of Giles if we hear that Nurkic is ruled out. I'm not going to chase the Carmelo Anthony uh, a game. You know, he just wore a fly fit before the game. Anytime Melo wears a fly fit when he's walking into an arena, that's when you have to watch him. Uh, those are generally in consensus the days that he has good games. So on the Sacramento side of the balls, though, Santino, there's got to be some people that you like. Yeah, and a starter at the top, De'Aaron Fox. I think we mentioned a few people. I'd lean De'Aaron Fox, uh, De'Aaron Fox over Shy for a couple hundred dollars cheaper in this one. I think this is a fantastic matchup. This is two teams that want to run the ball uh, up the court, and we know that Dame isn't the greatest defender, neither is C.J., Neither is that entire backcourt. Uh, so I like me some Fox in this one. Outside of Fox, I mean, Halliburton is, is pretty solid too. At 6'3", he's, he got to the price that I don't love it anymore. So I'm not going to have many shares of him, but I, I do think he has a solid matchup in this one. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, if he's going to play again, uh, if he plays his 30 minutes like he did last time against Enos Cantor, Enos Cantor can't really play defense. So he has the matchup advantage in this one, though I like Enos Cantor also because he what he does is score points in the paint at an efficient clip and grab rebounds. Uh, he also gives up those same things, gives up points in the paint and an efficient clip and gives up rebounds. So I like the guy going against him in, in Holmes as well. Um, maybe I would look at Whiteside. I know, and I cringe every time I say this now, if Holmes can't play, but I expect Holmes to play, so that's just going to be nipped in the bud real quick. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of something that, uh, you know, I, I ran into on the last slate with, with Whiteside. I played him in a ton of GPPs uh, just because, you know, if, if Holmes sits, this dude, he's, if he plays anything more than 20 minutes, he's going to crush value. Yeah, as you're not going to get he, 30 from him, but 22 no. against his former team, I mean, that's he's going to put up value. But, again, exactly. I, I expect Holmes to play. Yeah, Holmes is probable. And like you said, if Kanner is the starting center, if Nurkic's out, yeah, you got to have some interest in Holmes. I don't expect him to have another six-block six block game. He also hit like a uh, like a thirty five foot uh, three pointer in that last one as the shot clock was wearing down. So I don't expect all those things to necessarily happen, but nonetheless, sixty four hundred is a great price tag for him uh, going against Canner. That is so. Either way, he's still in play. Fox seventy four. I like that price tag as well. I'm with you. I'll never play Harrison Barnes. I don't care how many <laughs> good games he has. I don't care if this is the best season of his career. I won't do it. 
I'll keep taking it off the chin. So be it. He not looks touching. like it looks like the college Harrison Barnes right now. I don't Jeez. care, dude. Leave him there. I'm not. I I, I, I just can't take Harrison Barnes. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a Mavs fan and we had to, I had to deal with like the contract and you know that whole thing when he was there. And I was just like, why did we do this uh, as a as a fan of the team? But nonetheless, I just can't get behind him. I just think he's so underwhelming. But I feel like he's playing well and it's getting. Uh, you know, I guess what, what, how would you say? It? Basically, Bagley stunk so bad that it makes Barnes look good. Uh, is what happens. I think just Barnes looks pretty good right now. Right, right now, I, I preface it or let's keep talking about it, the right now it. part. Let's just keep trying to I jinx hate, it. I hate Harrison Barnes too, but he looks good. <laughs> I'm going to give him his credit. Yeah, I guess he deserves it. Other than that, that's it. So I'm not. And keep in mind, Belichia kind of got bumped out of the rotation in that last one. It looks like he's kind of uh, on the outside looking in. Uh, they're just going to keep taking the bumps and the peruses with Bagley. Obviously, if Holmes is out, we'd probably see him get a little bit more run. But looks like for most of the most of the front court minutes are going to be Barnes, Bagley, Holmes, and Whiteside, and they're going to keep it at a four man rotation for the front court. So I'll look at some Fox. I'll play. I'll play some Holmes if we hear that Canner is the starting center, and that's probably about it for me. But that is it, man. We are a little over the hour mark, so a little longer than we wanted to. But uh, you know, eight games, a lot to talk about, and I'm, you know, we might have just wasted some people's time because who knows half these games. Uh, <laughs> Might not play tomorrow uh, with the way that the NBA has been going, unfortunately. Nonetheless, thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you have a quick moment and you could, give us a thumbs up, a rate and review, five stars on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. It means the world to us. Uh, you know, it sounds like the cliche thing to say during a podcast, but seriously, guys, we really do check that stuff out. Um, and it allows us to kind of get feedback and kind of know what we need to improve, what we need to work on. Uh, and what we're doing wrong. So we do take everything seriously, and we do love the constructive criticism. So if you could do that, it would mean a lot to us. And then if you can give us a follow on Twitter, you can find me at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Santino at Santino Cacone, S-A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. Uh, give us a follow. You can ask us some questions. Hit us up on there. But, I mean, realistically, if you want to get us the, you know, the best way, uh, it's up until lock in that Discord. So jump in there, grab that fancy pass. You can get the DFS pass. I didn't mention it before. If you want to just get the DFS pass, a dollar ninety nine Santino. It's less than a cup of coffee. So uh, check that out, guys. And thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow on this wonderful slate. I will be on, and we might have a you know little little special guest. But nonetheless, thank you guys for listening. From everybody over here at Hoopball DFS today, take care and let's go crush ourselves some slates and some GPPs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.